What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Welcome to the power of how. I'm Matt Fulcheron. I'm here with Brandon Tassif. Hello, hello. Uh, Daniel called in sick today, but the spirit of Toronto is with us. He belongs, uh, yes, he's right here. Right He'll be here. squeezing in right there between the wall and the table. Um, great commute yeah. into the city, into the madness. <laughs> you know, there's people ice skating already. Are there really? For those that don't know, we're starting this at 11 a.m., and I saw people ice skating at 10 a.m., at Bryant Park. Oh my God! People are living their lives. I thought they took that down. I thought they took that down like at the beginning of J- it's still up. Somebody went rogue, broke <laughs> in, put it back up. Um, can you ice skate? Yeah, I can ice I skate. Thought, yeah, I can ice skate. There's actually footage of me ice skating on Instagram. If you go back to about February 2019, okay, I'm ice skating now. I there's documentation. Used of to it. be a lot better at ice skating. I am I am hanging on for dear life in this footage. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like, and there's just the constant thought of going down on this ice. Yeah. And slamming into this ice. It hurts. That I'm well aware because I've skateboarded for so long. Yeah. And my ice skating days were in the eighties when I was a kid and pain wasn't real. Yeah. You know? That's the one thing about cause I aggressive inlined when I was in mm-hmm. middle school and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and falling on concrete, especially in Florida where it's hot, mm-hmm. you forget that the cold makes it a whole different level of pain. It's just, I think somehow it's harder. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like it feels Somehow ice is harder, harder. than concrete. If that, and the difference has got to be so small. Yeah. But, but and there's then the cold on to top it. of it, you're like, yeah. It's a good, it's a good motivator not to fall though. The upside is, well, yeah, but that makes you fall. <laughs> yeah. When you go, I'm not going to fall, I'm not going to fall, that means you're going to fall. Or Story try not to my fall. Life. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you're like, ah, I'm going to fall, you got to be okay with But falling. it's okay, yeah. But God That sums it. up our whole podcast. But you don't, be okay yeah, with but don't get on the ice unless you got health insurance. Yeah. That's my rule for everybody. Because I'm doing, my hands are out like this. Yeah. That's what's whack about it. That's what's terrible about it. And then if you slip, it's- Yeah, there's my wrist. Yep. But, but you got to be like all- you got to get some flow gotta, going. Yeah. You can't skate with that fear. I used to date a figure skater. This is years ago. Me too, actually. But tell your story. Well, just, and I remember one time I came to the rink after her practice and she's like, oh, do you want to, we still have some ice time left. Do you want to yeah. get on the ice? Right. And I was like, yeah, because I skated my whole <laughs> life. And I was like, how much harder could it be? Yeah. It's not completely different, uh-huh. but it's harder. It's definitely a lot harder. It's hard. It's scary. You get used to it after after like one or two laps. I was feeling it. Yeah, was, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I was Charlie see, Conway from Mighty Ducks, man. I kept I kept catching grooves. Yeah, and, and then, then uh. also you have to dodge all these children who are not even trying to skate. <laughs> They're just trying to play with their fucking 
Matchbox cars or whatever. Where was this bet uh, in 2019? This where was, were this was, was this at year? a ski resort in uh, Colorado. Oh, okay. And they had the ice skating. So it's just, that's the thing is, I've always thought about seeing if I could still ice skate here in New York because yeah. they have a bunch right. of different places during the winter time. Yeah. It's just so crowded. Don't bother. It's like, if only there was an off season. Yeah. Well, if only they kept the ice around. If only it wasn't in New York City. <laughs> Everything you do here. Is so difficult. Like I don't know what it's like at the gym, but at the pool, I gotta pack into a locker room, mm-hmm. like like fight for locker space. That's the one I good gotta, thing about working at night is I go to the uh-huh. gym in the middle of the day. Right. So when no one's there. So this is what sucks about swimming. There's you pay for a membership, and the pool's only open uh, about six to eight hours total. Okay. And it's it's divided up into morning sessions. Oh. Afternoon so, sessions and evening sessions. Everyone has so everyone to, has to go at the same time. Yeah. Your only move is to get there before it starts and get maybe ten minutes of, you know, Actual, legitimate, yeah. worthwhile swimming. Yes. Yeah, so After that, you're just in traffic. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. Sometimes I'll go to the gym, like on days where I'm off from the restaurant. I'll be like, all right, well, I want to sleep in. Yeah, because I'm a normally a, a morning routine guy. Right, so right. I'll be like, I'm going to sleep in a little bit. I'll have my you know shake in the morning, and then I'll just kind of ride out the day, and then I'll go to the gym in the evening. And every time I do, I always go, "Why the fuck am I here in the evening when everybody's here?" Because normally, like I'll try to superset, and it, but if I have good gym etiquette, so if the gym is crowded, I won't yeah. do that. That's where you take up like two or three machines at a time. Right. But if the gym's crowded, I know that's not polite. Sure. That's not the right thing to do. So yeah. I won't do that. But then my workout then takes because I'm normally there for about an hour forty five, two hours. Yeah. My workout then takes like three and a half hours because right. I I can only do one station at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, a lot yeah. of times by like forty five minutes to an hour into it, I'm like, forget it. Like, <laughs> I'll go do cardio for an hour and then go home. And that's sad. That would you say like forty five to an hour? Yeah. Isn't isn't your no, total workout? Me, yeah, that's... It's like because you already worked what most people like. Yeah. I only do twenty to thirty. I'd, a day, I, but you know what you're doing. Yeah, you know what you're doing, and well, that's, that's what, what it's it requires. frustrating because with what the way I like to lift, it's yeah. frustrating because it's like I can't. Like the gym for me is a four hour adventure. Yeah. Like today, I had to be up at five thirty because yeah. my day is very busy. Right. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to do the gym at all. Right. And so I was like, looks like I'm getting up at five thirty. Yeah. Because I had another. I did my sports show before this at, uh-huh. at nine thirty. So I was like. Yeah. I got to be up at 5.30, and so I'm at the gym by 6. That gives me until 8, 8.30 to work out. Yeah. And then get home, shower, jump on the other podcast. The hardest working man in podcasting. It's dumb, though. Like, I, I don't know if this – this doesn't qualify for was I dick, so I'll say it now. But, like, my boss the other day called me, and she's like, hey, do you want the night off? And I was like, yeah. And she just kind of throw it. was like, ha, you're so lazy because I take all the cuts. <laughs> like, whenever they don't want me there, I'm like, all right, cool. And I just started laughing because yeah. I was like, oh, you think I'm lazy because I don't like being at the restaurant. I was right. like, if you saw my schedule right. like, yeah. on my day off right. like today, it's uh-huh. like, oh, no, it doesn't stop. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's that's great, though. It's like, hey, you want a piece of cake? Yeah, you're so <laughs> fat. Piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't uh, Smack. <laughs> what the fuck is that? She offered it to you. Yeah, I know. I've, I've been getting up early. Um. Because I, I'm just navigating this, like so. I had 17 day of uh, 17 days of not drinking. Uh, Congratulations! And thank you. And sometimes this is my theory. 
I'm probably wrong because I didn't look it up. But my theory is I don't need as much sleep right now because I get such good sleep. My body's like, yeah. all right, you're done. Four, four, Go. My body wakes up naturally after about four hours. Okay. So I've been waking up a couple of times, not every morning, Yeah. at like four in the morning, five in the morning, six in the morning. And I just get up mm-hmm. because it sounds like you're like me. It's like there's something great about being up before everybody. I love it. Especially in the city. Today, going to the gym, there was like nobody out. Yeah. The sun wasn't up yet. Right. And I was like, oh, this is... The problem that I have is I wake up, my body naturally after like four to five hours of sleep will just wake up. Uh huh. And the problem that I run into, and I don't know if this happens to you, but if I'm like, hey, I don't have to be up for another hour, mm-hmm. I'll, I'm going to go back to bed, my body will fall into that four to five hour cycle again. Uh huh. So, like, say I get up at four and I'm like, I don't have to be up till seven. Yeah. I'll go back to sleep. But then my alarm goes off at seven and my body's like, no, we still have two more hours. We're right, sleeping. Right, right, like right, we, right. we locked back into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I cannot, I can't even open my eyes at that point. That's, that's what's so difficult about having a different schedule every day. Yeah. You know, but, but I got up early and I did some writing. I was doing so the morning I woke up at 5 a.m. I was like, holy shit. Let's go. I've got like four hours to myself here. Yeah. Cause that was a weekend on the weekends. My, my, you know, my lady and I, 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 I got to entertain her. Yeah. Um, but if I get some, if doing? I sneak in some going? me time. We what? Where are we going? What are we yeah, doing? Yeah, what are we doing? What's for dinner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get some me time in there. I, I like to work every day. Like mm-hmm. I like to do some writing every Same day. Because you're never done. Power but of art. Then I realize, uh, shit, I can make the morning. It's hard to swim in the uh, on the weekends because there's only a morning shift. Okay. Another shitty and I'm thing sure about it's swimming. Incredibly packed. That's the thing. I thought it would be fine because it's like 8 a.m. on a holiday weekend, and it was more crowded than ever. <laughs> and I went to the small pool. I got two pools because that's how hard it is to get in the pool. Yeah. I got two pools going. One's only 150 dollars a year. Oh, that's so not it's not that bad. Yeah. And one's just 57 a month, so it's not that bad. And I, I get in there, and it's a small pool. And I swear to God, like I'm getting to the point where I'm, I, ha- I have to swim like bumping into <laughs> yeah, the wall, yeah, yeah. like bumping, bouncing off the wall. Like this one lady won't get in. The- there's another thing about swimming, and I'm sure there's an equivalent with lifting. Uh, everybody wants to be in the fast lane. Yeah, but nobody's fast. Yeah, like it's this ego thing. You look at the medium lane. Most of the people are faster in the medium lane. Than in the fast lane. In the fast lane, there's really slow people and really fast people. And I hate to say it, but I end, I'm usually one of the fast people because I used to spend two hours a day for maybe a decade yeah. of swimming. Like two hours a day, year round, so yeah. I can just swim fast. But It's the same thing at the gym. There's no ego in it. Sometimes I will get in the fucking medium lane yeah. just because there's less people in there. But these fuckers will pack into the fast lane. What is that? I don't know, because the same thing happens at the gym where there's only a select number of squat racks, like actual squat racks. Mm-hmm. And people will get into the racks and do like curls. Yeah. Because they just want to be in the rack. Yeah. Now there's a ton of lifts you can do from within the rack. It's not just squats. But I don't know, again, like you're saying, I don't know if it's an ego thing or what it is, but like if I'm going to squat, like I do hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Yeah. So sometimes I'm like, hey man, like you're curling or you're doing shrugs or you're doing yeah. something that you can do anywhere else in the gym. But right. I never say anything because I've been lifting for so long that it's like, well, I can work the same muscles at a different spot right. with different weights. Right. I just don't want to. Yeah. And it's that's frustrating because they'll be like, meh, meh. And I'm like, 
Get out of the rack! <laughs> While I'm thinking about it, I'm coming up with a little bit of a solution or a little bit of an answer. And I realize that I don't see a lot of slow women in the fast lane. That's true. I think there's a lot of dudes going around right now calling themselves alpha males yeah. and wanting to be like the best at everything. But you're not. You're, you're the not. best at one thing in your life. Yeah. And you're not even the best best at that. That's what I was going to say. You're you not know? even the top dog. You're there. just the best out of your friends at this. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever think about that? That sometimes is, tickles the back of my brain where I'm like, I wonder if there's anything in life that if I tried it, I could be the best in the world at it. I'd say no. Yeah. I hate, to, I hate to think that way on a positive podcast. There's always a possibility. But the best in the world? Because there's so for, many things we haven't how, tried. And for how long that's, are you going to be the best in the world? That's another thing too. But like, I'll watch, sometimes I'll watch movies because I work in the restaurant industry and I have for 20 years and sometimes I'll watch like The Bear on FX or something. Yeah. I'll watch that and I'll be like, I wonder if I took a different path and just yeah. like devoted myself to the kitchen if I could be like a Michelin starred chef. I had the opposite effect. Oh, really? I, it was like, man, I respect these people so much I could never do this. Yeah. It's just so hectic and hot. And physically damaging. Yeah. You 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 step foot in the kitchen. Yeah, well, I so like you know it you know about the slippery floor oh, yeah. and the and the chatter and the, well, the and language. The yeah, I love the yeah, chaos. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. something that's something actually that it's great to bring up on this show. That's something I don't know if we've talked about it before, but I've had to get better at is growing up playing sports my whole life and then working in restaurants. I and you know my dad is a very you know midwestern football guy, old school kind of guy. So I grew up in a in an environment where you yell and that's how you express yourself <laughs> right. and then it's over. Coaches right. would scream at you, "Hey, you dumb piece of shit, <laughs> yeah, like you missed your block." Worst, and then the next and then you just don't do it again cuz you don't want to get yelled <laughs> yeah. at. And now that I'm in my mid 30s and like Every restaurant probably for the last 10 years that I've worked in, I've been asked to be a trainer and to like help because I'm, yeah. I take a lot of pride in it and I'm pretty good at it. But my problem is, and people say this to me all the time, it's not what you said that's wrong. But yeah. It's how you said it. Right. Because I grew up in that environment where it's like, you fucking idiot. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then they just don't do it again. And I learned from my last relationship with Savannah that it's like, no, you can't talk to people like that. <laughs> Because I come from a family where if you have a problem yeah, with yeah, someone, yeah, yeah. you just yell at each other. Right. And then literally 30 seconds later, we're fine. Right. But that's not how the world works anymore. No, I I'm, I'm, I'm did something in my youth that was so funny because I didn't understand what was going on. The swim coach like bitched us out as a group. You know the group bitch out? Yeah, oh yeah. Like you're not working hard enough. Everybody here, go take yeah, a yeah, knee. Yeah. Everybody come and take a and knee. And this is the first time I ever heard this. And I hated it. I hated the bitch out. Yeah. Okay. And I'm maybe like eight years old, nine years old. And then the coach goes, and if anyone has a problem with it, say something now. And I was like, <laughs> he's like, you got a problem? What's your problem? And I'm like, and then I was like, well, I don't know. I didn't know how to express myself exactly. I was like, I, I don't know. I just don't like getting yelled at. <laughs> You're screaming at us. <laughs> but dude, you're talking to an eight-year-old. I don't know the if anybody has a problem Say something now concept. <laughs> I don't know this shit. I've actually, I'm, I'm like responding to you. Yeah. You asked a question. Yeah. I've seen players walk out of meetings and stuff. Right, when coaches right. do yeah, that yeah, ultimatum yeah, yeah. thing. Uh, if you don't fucking like it, you can leave. I've right. seen dudes like get up. Right. And sometimes the best part is, especially when you're older, like in high school, because it never happened in college, but definitely in high school. Where like sometimes the best player or one of the best players yeah. would get up and be like, I'm not taking this. And why and we're like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. He didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. Coach, come on, relax. Coach, you gotta go. Yeah. We need Jeff. <laughs> Coach, get out of here. 
<laughs> we'll fucking go. Come on, our, Jeremy. He we'll didn't coach mean it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird that idea of like, yeah, and I I don't like that I do it. Right. And I know we've talked about it and I've especially with Daniel cuz he's very you know, peaceful. Yeah. And uh which is interesting cuz he says he's like he's like, "Oh no, I can like get angry too, but I've I still haven't seen." He's it. like, it, it still "I had remains. to tell some I had to ask someone, "Do you mind yesterday?" Yeah. <laughs> but like I know I've I've talked about it before, but I don't like when that happens. Like when I see red and I snap, like yeah. I hate that that right, happens. Right. But at the same time, it's 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 a learned behavior, and it's difficult when it's something you've grown up with your entire life to just be like, oh, I can't do this anymore. It's a learned behavior, and it's actually very expressive, and it's actually it's kind of a pickle because it's not great to hold it in either. That's the thing. And honestly, it can when you do learn to communicate and calmly tell somebody what's wrong. I don't know that that's physically that satisfying. It's not. And I can tell you it's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah. And it you honestly doesn't get you necessarily the results you want. Yeah. It's just in uh, in a relationship, whether it's work, romantic, whatever, like you got to, or, or customer service, there's like the rules. Yeah. And as soon as like, you start yelling, you get like a, a there's a flag thrown. Yeah, and I don't like, have to take it. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. It doesn't matter what you're trying to say. It's like foul. Yeah. It's like it's it. penalty. Plays over, yeah. Fourth down, motherfucker. Yeah. You know, like. It's also, it's one of those things too where I've gone the other way. Um, and it's to your point though, the results just aren't the same. Right. Like if I calmly say to someone at work, like, hey man, like we have a bartender and he's very pretty. Which yeah. is why he gets away with a lot right, of this right. stuff. But he's he's a very good bartender. He's just when we get really busy, he like takes because he, he wants the drinks to be perfect. Right. And he takes so he's much time. He's an artist. Time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a I'm an artist. Um but the like when is, we're busy, it, I'm like, dude, I can't like my appetizers are at the table. Yeah, like they still yeah. don't have their fucking right. beer and their wine. Like, what are we doing? Right. And I have calmly said to him, like, hey, man, like, could you please not leave the bar like when you're the only bartender? Like, right. if you need something, just tell me and I'd be yeah. more than happy to get it. Yeah. Still does it. Uh -huh. And then when I go like, dude, you can't leave the fucking bar. <laughs> All of a sudden he stays. Right. So it's like, obviously, I keep doing this because I think, it works. I think it's a case by case basis. Yeah, absolutely. So it w that works on him. Because uh, I don't think he's... Sure. Yeah. Right. He needs a little volume. Yeah. Needs a little. <laughs> now, with my wife, there's no way I can raise my voice or even look agitated. There is then a response. <laughs> there is then an argument and goodbye four hours. Yeah. In a two bedroom apartment <laughs> of like not looking at each other and like scraping past each other. So I've learned I've got to like really figure out how to say it. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Put some bass in my voice and just say it. And it usually works out fine. Yeah. But if like the way the way she responds, basically, like the way some, some members of our family have conditioned each yeah. other is that like once it's fighting time, it's fighting time. Gloves are off. And then it's like, then I'm stuck in a fight. When I only don't, I don't want to fight. I just want to say the one thing. Yeah. I just want to say the one sentence. I don't want to have. I don't want to have the debate. I don't want to have the the legal argument. Yeah, this is. Not I don't want to have to prove. I don't want examples of anything. I just want to like. Listen, I'd rather not say how I feel at all. That's yeah. the way I was yeah, brought yeah. up. <laughs> but I know it's my responsibility to say something. It's so strange, um, 
it's such a thin line you have to That's, walk yeah, I was just to communicate yeah. without without it going off the rails. And the truth is, it's okay if it goes off the rails, but you shouldn't start off the rails. Well, and I've, I've had it happen to me before where I've almost taken it because I was raised in an environment where we yell and it's, it was a loving environment. It's just, that's how we communicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I have a bit about it when you like people see couples arguing and they're like, Oh, that's, that's an abusive relationship. And right. in my head, I'm like, that's my main mode of communicate. Like <laughs> right. what are you talking about? Right. Uh, but that's interesting because I've had it before where at work I've been like, Hey man, can you like get out of the way? Cause like sometimes the servers, if they're not busy, will just stand like at service bar. Uh-huh. Like, hey, like I'm working, man, like move. <laughs> And I had, I remember, I'll never forget, I had a server, after I did that one time, take me aside, and we're, like, getting slammed. Like, it's busy. And he goes, Brennan, can I talk to you? And I was like, yeah, of course. And, like, we went into the kitchen, like, into the back. And he goes, hey, man, we're all busy right now. I don't appreciate you talking to me like that. You need to take the tone out of your voice. And in my head... He was calm. He was collected. Did what everyone says you're supposed to do. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, I'm going to put you through a fucking wall. (laughs) Right. Like, are you kidding me? Right. And I think I would have responded much differently if I was like, hey, man, get out of the way. And he was like, dude, like, fuck off. Right, like, I would right, have been right, fine. Right. Yeah. But the fact that he, like, took the time, it almost felt more personal, like right, more right, of an attack. Right, 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 And so that's the thing is, like you said, it's a thin line where it's like, how am I supposed – and I've also had it, too, where I've tried to say things calmly to people. Yeah. And then I'll get called in the office and be like, that that can be seen as, like, you're, you're – harass-. like, I remember I lived in an apartment complex in South Florida – and the woman below us was very sick. And yeah. She was taking all this medication and she would hear things. So she would constantly call the sheriffs on us saying we were having parties. <laughs> right. And the sheriffs would show up and we'd walk them. Th- Not to say we didn't have, but like sure. every once in a while we were having a party. Right. But for the most part, we weren't. Right. And I remember I went to my neighbors and knocked on all like the three neighbors near us. I knocked on all their doors and I calmly was like. Hey, I just wanted to know if you guys were also getting these calls like from the front desk and like, this is really weird, right? Yeah. And everyone to my face was like, oh my, yeah, that's straight. Like we've heard about it too. This is bizarre. Yeah. I got an email the next day from my property manager saying I was harassing my neighbors. Oh my God. And I was like, I thought that's what we were supposed to do was like calmly interact. Sure, sure. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's what. That is one of the toughest relationships to handle is the apartment neighbor. Yeah. You know, because you live together, but you're not invested in each other exactly. at all. But you're in the same space. Yeah. I, I lived in a, it was only me and my girlfriend, this is 10, 12, 13 years ago, me and my girlfriend on the bottom floor and a woman and her kid on the top floor. Yeah. So it's just two people in this building. Yeah. Or two different groups of people in this building. And the fucking kid and yes i do have to curse he's like a two-year-old three-year-old kid and this is spoken like someone that doesn't have children (laughs) he's like every morning at like six in the morning he's jumping off the bed he's running around yeah oh yeah he's going nuts and then the woman has to you know she goes to work at like 7 a.m and had to slam the door yeah to close just slam so every morning you waking up at seven no matter what you're dreaming about yeah and no matter where you were the night before, you're yeah, getting up. To tr- to, at, the, at first, it goes smoothly. I just kind of wrote a note, like letting them know. And then the next thing you know, it's once you do that, you feel like you have to say something again. Yeah, because you've opened the door now. Yeah, yeah, and now you feel like a sucker or whatever. Yeah. And then it just only escalated into the point where if she thought we were being too loud, she would stomp on That's the fucking ground. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, and... 
And then, like, the landlord got involved. But, of course, people with kids always win. Oh, yeah, always. You know, the, the landlord said to me, she goes, well, we can't tell people how to raise their kids. And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, you can look for a new fucking tenant. Yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. That is the one thing I am kind of nervous about because I'm moving into the new place mm-hmm. next week, and it's with random roommates. Yeah. And I've lived with random roommates before in college. One of them ended up being, like, my best friend. Yeah. Um, and then I've, I've lived with other random roommates where it didn't go so well because of what we're talking about, where, like, I'd get drunk and pass out on the couch and think I'm Mr. Perfect Roommate. Right. And then he would leave a pan in the sink, and I'd be like, dude, like, what's with the pan? <laughs> and he goes, are you kidding me? Like, every time I come downstairs, you're passed out with a bottle of rum and, right, like, shot right. glasses and yeah. booze spilt everywhere. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. want to talk to me about a pan? Yeah. Well, listen, I'll take your side on this. I prefer an unconscious roommate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? And I, I'll never forget, we had, it was that same apartment and they had called us to be like, hey, we're doing the yearly inspection. So I, as I, I feel like I'm a natural leader because of my anxiety. I naturally am like, hey, we have to get this done now. Yeah. And that's just my anxiety kind of playing into effect. And so I remember I was like, hey guys, we should split up the common areas to like give them a thorough deep cleaning. So when they come to do the inspection, they're like, wow, these college kids are actually really right. responsible. Yeah. And I'll never forget my roommate at the time. There's two of them. And one of them was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And the other one like kind of rolled his eyes. <laughs> and I was like, what's up, man? And he goes, you're not my mom. Like, uh-huh. Don't tell me to clean. And like it turned into the, and then we got into a huge argument. Awesome. Then I started like throwing pans and I was like, yeah. these are all yours right. everywhere in the kitchen. Yeah. And so it's just weird because like people, like you said, it's case by case. Like right. some people take it as like, yeah, you're absolutely right. We should do that. And other yeah. people are like, fuck, like, don't tell me what to do. Uh, right, right. And it's like, so, and now I'm worried cause I have random roommates, but I'm like, I'm in my thirties now. Yeah. And so are they like, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Yeah. And you also just got to go in like, just like ready to let go. Yeah. That's true. And too. like ready to, I'm already on board a hundred percent with like, it's just going to be me in my room. Like I, I don't plan on sharing the common areas yeah. or cooking in the kitchen or anything. I think New York city, like we're saying with the pool and the gym yeah. and everything, it requires adjustment. Mm-hmm. It requires just patience letting go and chalking it up. And you know about this one. I think it falls into the category of uh, things you can't control. Yeah. Right? You can't control a person. That's the mistake. Yeah. Try. Yeah. And dudes will get around and be like, you know, try to like control like their 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 partners. Yeah. That's one of my biggest problems and, is my con- and, I'm controlling. And it just, you can't do it. I know. So you have to let go of it. Well, and that's one thing that happened with um, my I, other podcast. I want to say something real quick. Yeah. It can feel like your responsibility. To make sure you're That's, treated properly. Yeah. But there's a whole other person going on over there. Yeah. You know, and they're looking at things differently than you are. Well, and that's the thing is that's always been one of my biggest issues. And I'll, I'll never forget, I was in college and I was dating um, uh, one of the swimmers and her dad was a pilot. Uh-huh. And he came into town and we went out to dinner. And I had never, I always thought my anxiety stemmed from like childhood stuff and all this kind of stuff. And we were out to dinner and I... And she turns and jokingly goes, oh, yeah, Brennan hates to fly <laughs> to her dad, who's a pilot. And I'm like, well, this isn't an awesome first impression. But uh, this he, guy's too scared to do what you do every day. But then he turned and he looked at me. and He goes, oh, you're a control freak. Oh, wow. And I was like, huh? Like, because it never clicked. Sure, in my head. sure, sure. And he goes, yeah, people generally people who don't like to fly are control freaks. Right. Because you're out. That's the one place where you're stuck in the tube, but you are completely out of control. Absolutely. He goes, when you drive, who drives? And I go, I yeah. drive. And he goes, so when you, whenever you go on trips, you drive. And I said, yeah. yeah. 
And he's like, whenever you pack, who does the pack? I go, I do. And he goes, yeah, you're you're a control. And that took me till caught like 22, 21 years old before yeah. I was like, oh, that's where all the anxiety stems sure, from. Sure, sure. It's trying to control everything all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Which is why what kept me drunk for so long. Yeah. Because I was like, everything's going to shit. I'm just going to get hammered. Right. And how does that fit into control? Because I feel like I've done the same thing, but I don't see how that fits into control. So for me, what happens is if, if my anxiety ramps up when I'm out of, when I, when it, my control goes unchecked. So like now, because I've learned so much and I pray every day and I do everything I'm supposed to do to stay sober, I can see it coming and I can like temper right. it down. Yeah. But in the past, what would happen is I would, it's control leads to expectations. So if I'm in control of this situation, I know what to expect. And then if what I expect doesn't happen, that means everything was for naught. And right, it pushes right, me into right. this, like, well, f then nothing matters. And sure. I'll just get hammered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would be anything from, like, getting a bad schedule and being like, I should just write this schedule. Like, why is yeah, this happening? Yeah, 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 yeah. All the way up to, like, you know, somebody dying. And it's like, if, if they would have just hung out with me, they wouldn't have gone to that party and <laughs> right, overdosed. Right, like, right, if they right, would have right. just been, like, it all stems back, which is an incredibly... Thinking that I can control everything is one of the most self-centered things about right. my personality. Right. But it can get embedded into your head when you're a kid that yeah. like you're in full control of your life. Like all you have to do is like work hard. This whole American dream yeah, thing. Yeah, it's it's like it's all and like really successful people would be like, if you're not rich, it's your fault. Yeah, you, you did didn't it work wrong. hard yeah. enough. You didn't you weren't smart enough. Like all this stuff. And it makes it really does make you feel like and then even, I think, growing up religious, like the idea that you can pray for things and yeah. that, that that can help control. Yeah, Whereas I think that's like I think that's like really missed in religions. It's really not about like praying for the perfect life. Yeah. It's about like having values and you're going to suffer for them. I always think about Jesus on the cross when I go, does that guy look like he got what he wanted? They look like he prayed that shit away because I can't think of a worse way to die. Yeah, he suffocated. Yeah, 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 yeah. I um, it's interesting you bring that up, and that's a great point because in the way I got sober, um, when I finally got sober, it was through AA, and in AA, a higher power doesn't have to be God, but a higher power is very right. important. Yeah, and what that does, and what it has done for me, is it gives up the complete idea of control. So now I pray every morning and I pray at night. That's just something I was told by my sponsor to sure. do was to get on your knees and yeah. thank something else, anything right, right, else. Right, right, right. And the cool thing about it is when I do that, it's a daily reminder of like, oh, yeah, like I have nothing to do with any of this. Yeah. So I always say the same thing is just continue to let whatever's going to happen happen. Yeah. And I know it's out of my control. Right. And that is has been obviously I've made more strides in my career right. comedy everything in yeah. the last 5 years than I had in the previous 7. Yeah. Because of that like oh it's not up to me. Like every show doesn't have to be perfect. Like yeah. everything doesn't like my podcast has gone from just audio to then it was visual, then I did clips, and now it's what it is, which has given me the experience to when we started doing this one where I right. was like okay, you and I have done it enough to where we know what we got to do. Right. And that's all because of like all these other things. And so that's been a huge benefit is being like, oh, yeah, Joe List has a great line in his movie, Fourth of July, where it's like everything's going to be OK. And if it's not, that's OK, too. That And that, that to me is like sobriety in a nutshell. Yeah, that's something like I thought of when I was younger, honestly, and then kind of lost. Yeah. And I've had to come back to. And it's it's very fleeting. 
Like I can't always keep that mentality. Yeah, and it's but, I mean it's hard. But I think that's that's a shame. That I feel like that's what religion is supposed to be. Yeah, uh, Buddhism, but even Christianity. Is, if, I think if you do it, it's like right. It's adi- the idea that like you're always forgiven. Yeah, that's great because it's like you can fuck up because you're gonna fuck up. Yeah. So now you're forgiving, but just the idea of put your trust in the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. It, that those are the most brilliant lines in the whole thing yeah. of Christianity because it's like, all right, it's out of your control, but you got to try your best. Well, and we go miserable trying to control things. That's the other thing, too, and you just said it perfectly and very succinctly, but you still have to try your best. Right. That's the other thing that a lot of people miss. That's is- what, I'm sorry, but that's what, like, all the rules are for yeah like it's but that's the second important it's like okay here's the main ideas and then here's how to succeed a little bit well and that's the whole thing is and i know you and i talked about it on my show i think the first or second time you came on was this idea of like you you in la were trying to do like other things like Mm -hmm. oh maybe i should do this or maybe right and you know you had management telling you you should try this and do this and then i remember and i'll never forget it you said when I I was finally kind of like maybe I just don't want to do this yeah, anymore. Right. And I, you started getting on stage like just doing what you wanted to do. Right, right, right. And then the special comes and the half right, hour right, and all right, this. Right, right, right. And that's what I I try to tell people, especially younger comics who are like, I want to start a podcast or I want to do this. <laughs> it's like, do it to the utmost best of your ability. Right. And if it if nothing comes out of it, at least you can still look back on it and be like, well, I I gave it I gave it everything I had. Yeah. Because the worst thing is when people just like go to open mics all the time or they just do the hang all the time and they're like, I'm not getting anything. And it's like, yeah. well, you're not working. You're right. not. Yeah. Vince Lombardi said it best. Like there is no luck. It's preparation and timing. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. Yeah. No, I, I did a show on Sunday night and it was at like a pretty major club and or it was on Monday night. And like most of the comics didn't really try. Yeah. To to even do jokes they just like wanted to talk to the audience and like the audience had nothing yeah and it was just a big nothing and then i went up there with like a um a set list and jokes i was like you know who i only had seven minutes yeah so what am i gonna do like waste like three or like like up front i don't understand like i just went like boom dude just like <laughs> boom this is the fucking show you know yeah and i got all these laughs and then afterwards, my friend was like, do you do any crowd work at all? I'm like, not if I can help it. I'm like, I find the crowd like incredibly uninteresting. I'm like, I've prepared some shit. I've worked hard on it. Like, I'm just going to turn it over to them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But, but, but my point is, mean. I was like, I'm doing my best on this, which I've, I've been guilty of half-assing it and yeah. like experimenting before. But fuck! If everybody on the lineup's experimenting, what what they is must, that? Yeah. Like, think about the audience a little bit. And I did it sober too, by the way, Brandon, which is new. Yeah. For me, how was and that? We talked about that before. Relearning was, how to do things sober. It was so on Friday. I did a show where I um I was sober, and it really it was really like I was really thrown off. Yeah. Big time, because it first of all it was one of these shows where there's no stage. And it's just like kind of like everything's set up against me. Like, yeah. like I really don't like doing this show, but I do it to stay sharp. Yeah, absolutely. Do it to get stage, quote unquote, stage time. There's no stage, <laughs> and uh, mic time. Yeah, and I like I was like, oh, I'll just I did something. I, I said to myself beforehand, 
I wrote all these new jokes I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I go, as far as the old jokes, I'll get in with some old jokes, but I'm going to skip this one, I said in my head. And it like threw me off big time. And then I couldn't remember my jokes. Yep. And then I was like, look at people in the eye. And I was still getting laughs because I was admitting. I was like, I am fucking out of it right now. You know, like I am, I am, I'm off. Yeah. But I was, I was being funny, but I was so sloppy that I didn't feel great about it. But I also learned to be like, well, you're, you're learning something right now. You're Definitely. learning something you should have learned a long time ago. And you've always known you could do because you've done it before. I've done it before. Yeah. Um, I said, that's okay. You know, nobody saw it. I was able to do that. Yeah. That's an advancement in my mental health. Absolutely. Because I used to be like, I suck now. Yep. You know the expression, you're only as good as your latest set? Yep. Like I took that to heart. That's really for what other people might think about you. And that's also not true. But I'd be like, I suck now. Well, and I suck now. That's something I, I grew up with because playing sports. Yeah. It's what have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. You can't, it's all about what's going on right now. There are some yeah. weeks where they were like, someone got hurt and they're like, Brennan, you're starting. And then I'd have a good game and they go, Brennan, you're going to start next week too. Yeah. And then the third week I have a bad game and they go, Brennan, you're out. And it's like, yeah. what, but right. what about all that rapport we built right. for the last two weeks? And they're right. like, it doesn't matter. And that is something that it's still hard for me to get over, but that is, you're, you're absolutely right. Where it's like, this is, this is a learning experience. Right. And so then. But then I thought about it even more, and I was like, well, uh, it clearly wasn't – it clearly it was still evident that the booze didn't help me that much. Yeah. Because I don't – I only have one or two anyway because anything more than that I know is detrimental. Yeah. So – but I go, but what else did you do differently? Oh, you know what else I did differently? I didn't go over my set out loud, which has become my new thing. Mm -hmm. And so on Sunday night – and I was exhausted too because I got up at 5 a.m. and yeah. I got the spot last minute. And it's at eight and there's like 20 comics on the fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, so you're not but going you gotta, like 10. But yeah. like, I'm so hard up for stage time right now. I'm like, I got to take it. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot turn down an opportunity right now. This is a comic strip live. This is like a real club with yeah. like a real fucking stage. Oh, yeah. And a real paying audience. Um, and uh, I, I went over my set like three times. And then when I got there, I just, I got nervous but I get nervous when I drink too. Mm -hmm. So you have to like throw that out. Like alcohol doesn't actually get rid of my nerves. At it all. just, maybe I feel like sometimes it makes me not freak out or whatever. But if you're aware that you might freak out and you just like breathe and relax, like it'd be foolish to say I already got it down. But then again, I do think I already got it down. Yeah. I'll be foolish just because I have so much muscle memory. That's what I was just letting you say the same exact thing. I actually it seemed more um, like I felt like I took my time more mm -hmm. and I felt more confident in a way and I wasn't like rushing or I felt uh, I, I didn't, I feel like you jump to conclusions when you drink. Yeah. Like all oh, these people don't like me and like, and like you just jump to the conclusion, conclusion, conclusion. And now you're saying things that are only going to fuck you Torpedoing up. Torpedoing stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this was great. It also had a, uh, a lot to do with the fact that I was like angry at my peers for wasting time and the show should be up and running by the time I got on. Yeah. And it wasn't. That's Everybody got up there, fucked around, gave the audience no confidence in the show. Yep. And I just was like, well, that's my biggest pet peeve too, is like you said, it's a paying, it's yeah. a paying audience. And I'll send you the clip once we get done here. But, uh, you know, everyone's posting and it's mainly crowd work is what people post yes. because, so they don't burn material. Right. 
and so I saw um very funny comic, you know him, Kyle Kinane. Yeah. He like put up a reel and he it, literally the reel is him going, I guess I'm supposed to do crowd work now because that's what everybody wants to see on social media. Yeah. But I think that's ridiculous. Right. You guys paid money to come see me. Yeah. So he goes, how about this? And he, he turns to one of the, the audience members and he goes, hey, sir, ask me what I do. And I was like, that's genius. Because it's like you're, what you're saying. It's like you are not you, you paid money to see me. Right, like, why, right. why am I going to imagine going to see like the Rolling Stones and they're like, hey, you sing a song. Yeah. Now. Why don't you sing a song about that? You wrote. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I understand a lot of people find it funny and you should get the audience involved. And it took me moving to New York yeah. before I really understood how important that was. Yeah. Because you want the audience to be on your side. But again, I think with this idea of we have to post and I've, I'm guilty of it, too, because I've been posting a lot more now and I've seen a significant increase in traffic and right. all that kind of stuff. So it, it does work. Obviously, that's why people yeah. do it. But at the same time, it conditions people to think that it's an interactive show. Right. And and it conditions comics to be like, yeah, well, I'm recording yeah, yeah, the set. Yeah. Let me get a couple of crowd work zingers in there right. so that I can post. And it's like. Why don't you do the stuff you've been working on, man? Right. Like, come on. And to be honest, like, good crowd work is actually pre-written It's written anyway. jokes, yeah. So you still are burning material. Yeah, and there, there, there are definitely some comics that I've seen where the first time I saw them, I was like, oh, my God, he thought of that in the moment. That right. was genius. And by the third time I saw them, I could do their whole set. I'm thinking of one guy who's made a very mediocre career out of it. Yep. We're th- I think we're thinking of the same person. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I will also say just... Um, in case my friend is paranoid, Ian Bag, you're the best. Yes. You're the best, Ian Bag. Like, there's some people that can just do it and it's really fucking entertaining. Yeah. And yes, there's also a joke that goes with it, you know? And uh, yeah, and I don't wanna, I'm not knocking it. I'm, it's one of those things where, and we've talked about jealousy before and how yeah. negative that can be. Right. Um, I'm bad at it. Right. So when I see it, I'm like, just write, a, write but, a joke. But we're talking about one guy who's really cocky about how funny he is. Yeah. And he does phony crowd work. Yeah. <laughs> And he's been doing the same shit for years. At one point, when I had first moved here, I thought, because you can, even as someone who's been doing comedy since 2009, yeah. I can still fall into the trap of like, oh, we're, we're playing. We're playing yeah, a yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, I, I'll never forget, like the third or fourth time I saw him, he was doing it, and I finished the line for him. Because uh-huh. I was like, oh, yeah, we're... Because he always called me out on a specific one because I right. looked the part. Yeah. And so I finished the line for him, and he goes... Oh, you've heard this before. And I was like, I was all excited because I was like, yeah. Like, doesn't that show how loyal I am? Like, I always come to see you. And it was awkward. Yeah. It's like the rest of the audience doesn't know that. And that's something I forget, too, is being in the world of, like, doing bar shows and open mics. You forget, like, when you're past at a club, like, it's a different – like, it's the same club, same green room, same venue, but it's a different audience, like, every time. Yeah. So, But but also – is it? That's yeah. Because you can get conditioned. There's people like you. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of people who are like comedy fans who who find the club they like and then they go back especially when they you see live there, yeah. the same comic over and over again and um I don't know. I I don't know exactly what to do about that. Yeah. But I don't know. I for me crowd work is for when nothing else is working and you go, okay, fuck it. Yeah, let's talk let's, to you let's, let's break this down. Let's do what you guys Let's find do. out why you guys suck. Yeah. <laughs> and there are, again, I a lot of times I rag on it because I'm not good at it. But because, like you said, Ian Bag, I know there's a bunch of, sometimes there's comics 
which is interesting where they'll go into the crowd and then they'll get aggressive. And I'm yeah. like in the back of the room, like, what, what are you doing? It's because it's not working. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and then they get like aggressive, but then the audience will be on the side of the comic. Right. And I'm like, what, what is that? Ha- and again, it has to do with perspective and like what, co- which comic is doing it. Because like, if I get up there and get aggressive, people are like, Oh, you are the problem. Right. Like you are the patriarchy. You are the problem. But there's certain comics that can get up there and do it. And people are like, yeah, fuck that lady. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> How did you do that? Uh, I act like I'm above it, but I've, I've done that too. <laughs> and it's gone wrong. I attacked a woman at a, like a holiday party where they all knew each other. Oh, Such really? a Ricky rookie move. Cause she answered the phone like right in the oh, show. Yeah, Barry. And I went after her and and then I didn't get a laugh for the rest of the show. Oh, because that's like Susan from reception. Yeah. You just fucking attacked Susan. Yeah, that's... You know, like that, that was dumb. And then Al Magical, I was open for Al Magical. He got up afterwards. He's like, uh, Matt is selling uh, CDs after the show in case you want to take that magic home. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've, I've. That's my was I a dick? <laughs> I think I called the woman the c word. Oh, like I was you? out of my mind. <laughs> Tom has a similar story. I when he was in Canada one time. Yeah, he, he talks about it a lot. It was like his worst bomb. Yeah, the same, Winni- Winnipeg bombing. Tom Segura, we're talking about. Yeah, he uh, same kind of thing. That was a big group of people. Yeah. and he went after one person, yeah. and they were like, absolutely not. Yes, and the show was over. Yeah, and I've I've learned. Again, it's a learned behavior, but I have had so many bad experiences with crowd work. One, because I, as a storytelling comic, I'm not very good. I'm not, and it's something I need to get better at, and that comes through hard work, but I'm not very like one liner witty. Like, sure. I'm very much like, oh, this experience happened, and I think this is funny because of the dynamic. Right. But I'm not very good at like, like I have a buddy of mine, Will Blaylock, huge shout out, hilarious comic in Jacksonville. He just off the top, like right. he's a broska, like he right. can bury anyone. Yeah. And I remember a few times I had tried it and it had gone horribly wrong. So now I just don't do it. Yeah, well, there's there's a difference between crowd work and reprimanding yeah, the audience. Yeah, that's true too. And that's this comes down to true. what we were talking about before with the control freak shit. Yeah. I used to, and I'm still the type of person, like if I'm at the movies and someone's talking and I can hear them, I go nuts. Yeah. I go absolutely nuts. That was nuts. your was I a dick a couple That was my ago. was yeah. I a dick. And um, so I would feel like I would have to tell people to shut up. And I did it so many times and it got me in so much trouble. I just said to myself, well, let them be the asshole. Yeah. Let them be the people that are ruining the show. Let the club deal with it. Yeah. Let the true. audience deal with it. It's not my responsibility. That's and that's kind of the the way that I've started to approach it now too, because it's like if I say something, by the time I'm saying something, I'm already past the point of rage. Yeah. That it's just gonna come off negative. Right. And sometimes it has worked. Every once in a blue moon it'll work where it's like an older dude and like his like white guy in his like sixties who thinks like he's above everything and doesn't even know why he's at the fucking show. Yeah. And if you reprimand them, (laughs) normally everyone kind of gets behind you. And especially like, and I've talked to you about this before, but like sometimes like if it's a, like a bro-y dude, I'll be like, do you not hear? Like I'm talking about getting arrested (laughs) eight times. Like, do you really want to interrupt me again? Right, right, right. And and then it works because everyone's like, oh, it's bro versus bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I've seen challenge. Yeah, (laughs) finish him. But in any, that's the only time I feel comfortable going after someone, whether it's reprimanding or like just going into the crowd. 
any other time, yeah. I, I stay as fuck. Like if it's women like yeah. talking or like looking for their credit card or being loud, you do not want to fuck with white women. Don't I don't over even, thirty. I don't even touch it because yeah. it's like I'm not gonna. And it's also one of those things too, being raised around women. It, like I almost have this like weird because some people are like so sick of entitled women, yeah, at, white women at shows. But and, that doesn't matter because. The audience can only help you so much. Yeah. If that woman's coming after you and she's, asking for the fucking manager or yeah. whatever, I want to talk to the host. Yeah. I just, know? I let it go. I'm just like, yeah. she's probably looking for a card or something. Like, I've been at shows before where, like, at the ship, when I went to go see Chappelle at the stand, it happened where there was a table right in the front and they were obviously important people because they were right in the front of yeah. Chappelle's show at the right. stand and it's very intimate. And, they just wouldn't stop talking during the openers because yeah. they don't. They, they don't care. They put yeah. no value on it. They just don't even consider them real people. Exactly. And it was. It got to the point where, as a crowd, and these were important. Like I couldn't pick them out of a lineup, but I could. You knew they were important people. If they're on the show. There's. They've done something right. Yeah. And oh, you're talking about the people. No, in the, the people audience. in the audience. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and the, obviously, they're comics. The people on the show are comics working with Chappelle, so they're all killers. They're yeah. hilarious. Right. And these people just wouldn't stop talking. And I, I like gave them a look. The table next to him gave them a, and just didn't, yeah, didn't give a shit. You know, it's so funny. Jeremy Piven does comedy now because um, I did a show at the store one time, yeah. and I went up after Brian Callen. Brian Callen worked with Jeremy Piven on Entourage, yeah. and that's why he was there. And as soon as I got on stage, Jeremy Piven stands up and starts talking to his table, like addressing his table, like, "So where you guys want to go now?" So what's going on? What are you in the mood for? Really? You know what I mean? Like just talking straight through my phone. Like you weren't even, like yeah, you didn't even exist. Yeah, like I wasn't even on stage. That Do you blows know what I mean? my mind. I don't understand that idea. Like that's a different level of yeah. entitlement. And right. It's, and I just don't get it with audiences where uh -huh. it's like, you see me up here with the, like you paid money to well, come Well, this here. was different. Like, this fucker didn't pay money probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. And didn't give a fuck. And I just had to deal with it. I wasn't, I didn't see my in as far as taking on Jeremy Piven yeah. height of entourage. Cause I'm not an insult comic. Yeah, you can't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. What am I going to make fun of his hairline? I got the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice $30,000 jacket, asshole. And there's also like, you know, at that time, I'm like, I am still trying to fucking make it in this business. Yeah. Am I really going to take on. Like everybody was singing his praises at that time. That is something you know I, I, mean? I tried to do on my. And podcast. would the audience really take my side? Exactly, because he's Ari Gold, man. Uh -huh. That's something. Like, I, what if you went after Margot Robbie in the audience? Oh, Everybody'd be like, "Fuck you, unknown yeah. comedian." We I'm love sorry. her. Yeah, but that's something I had tried to do, because I have all these stories from working in like nicer steakhouses for the last ten yeah. years. I have all these stories about athletes and celebrities and all these people who have come in, and I've waited on. And whether they're dicks or whether they're nice or whatever. And normally, like, for the nice ones, like, I, I say it all the time. Henry Winkler, Jim Parsons, two of the nicest people in the yeah. world. And they're genuinely nice gentlemen. Yeah. And I've also waited on people who are utter and complete <laughs> dickheads. Yeah. A lot of times it's athletes because they've yeah. been coddled their entire right. lives. Right. And I thought about doing, like, a Patreon bonus thing for ex-drinking buddy yeah. about that. Right. And it's exactly what you're saying. I had another comic come up to me and they go, that's hilarious. But you can't do that. You got to be careful because you'll burn so many bridges. Right. You don't know who's friends with who. And, yeah, yeah, and I know yeah, yeah. sometimes I stick my foot in my mouth when I'm talking to other comics. I'm like, you believe this asshole? And then right. they're like, you can't. Yeah. Like, That's my friend. You can't say that. Yeah. 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 And so I ended up not doing it. But it's it's you're exactly right. It's this weird thing where it's like, do I really want to light all these bridges on fire just yeah. for some content? Yeah. And it only gets worse in a way. Like if you 
do become successful. And now it's like a public feud. Yeah. The internet, like, I don't know if you noticed, but like the headlines on regular news stations are like, trolls attack Christina Applegate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For being overweight. She snaps back. That's fucking news. Selena Gomez going after everyone who didn't like her Golden Globes dress. That's news? And it also pitches it like these trolls are valid sources of thought. That's the other thing. Oh, two sides. No, there's no two sides. There's somebody that's worked their ass off and is brave enough to show up with a little fucking extra weight on them. Yeah. And there's people who are hiding and work at the fucking post office, no offense, who are like fucking going after these people. The fact that everyone has a voice now is something that's been incredibly bothersome to me. Remember back when if you wanted to say something or if you felt you had something of value to discuss with the world, you had to try. You had to establish yourself as someone worth listening to. Exactly. You had to find whether it's open mics or... uh, you know, uh, the poetry sessions right. or you had to find some way to get your voice out there. And now everyone has a voice. Yeah. And you don't even have, and I know it because I have started th- three different podcasts. So I know how easy it is to get yeah. your voice out to the masses. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so weird because I don't have an agent. I don't have a manager, but I can watch myself on my big TV in my living room. <laughs> right. Like, but you know, what's so, so interesting is like, you can try and try and create and try and create and try and create. But then for just, even if it's just for this small moment, this person is making the news by attacking somebody. Yeah. Like, like that negativity. Like I really, I really feel like star Wars is kind of better than most religions in a way (laughs) because it establishes that there's like the good side of the force, Mm -hmm. which is valid and works. But there's also the dark side of the force which fucking works. Yeah. Like they never established that like Satan, they kind of do. There's so much negativity on Satan as there should be, <laughs> but he's like, they, they really skip over the part where like it works. Yeah. It can really, you can really get ahead in life. They talk about it in star Wars, how the dark side is more powerful for right. you personally. Right. And, than the light side ever is. Right. The light side is more the unity of everything together. Sure, right. The dark side is like, no, if you you yeah. you personally want to get yeah, ahead, yeah, yeah. dark side all day, baby. Right. So that's that's like that's interesting. So those trolls, like, it's working. Yeah. They're just they're sitting around, attention. they're ready to fucking attack people. And some days they have a good day. Yeah. Thank God most of it doesn't translate into monetary success for yeah, these fucking wastes be... of fucking life. And then you run into them at the barbecue and they're all nice and shit. They're yeah. like nice people with like three kids well, who go to church every Sunday. You've talked about it before, meeting people after shows. And yeah. they're like, oh, you blocked me, dude. Yeah, I'm like, like... I came out to see you. Like, we love you. I'm like, really? Huh. But be fair, I block anybody. Well, and then you unblock <laughs> them and they'll be like, oh, stupid fucking shirt, Matt. And you go, this is why you got blocked, man. I blocked his ass right again. Scorpion and the Frog is one of the best stories. You know that one? Oh, Yeah. So for those that don't know, I'll tell you the short version. I don't know. The scorpion convinces the frog. He says, take me across Across the the pond, right? Across the river, yeah. Across the river. And the frog goes, dude, you're a scorpion. You're going to sting me. He's like, yeah, no, I'm going to be cool. Because why would I sting you? Because I need a a ride across the river. Takes him across the river and stings his ass. He'd be like, you said you weren't going to me. He's like, I'm a scorpion. That's what I do. That's what I do. Yeah. And I think that's right on. No, absolutely. That's... It's so bizarre when you give people other opportunities and then they disappoint you. Yeah. This is why. On the other hand, I think you should. It depends on how important it is. That's true. Don't give somebody. Don't depend on somebody when it's important. 
Like and, my boy Kevin Shea is yeah. a scorpion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I let him stay at like he always he doesn't always, but he's 50-50. He comes through sometimes, he doesn't other times. And so I let him stay at my apartment when he broke up with his girlfriend because I was on the road so much. I'm like, but this, there's a catch. You gotta pick me up from John Wayne Airport, which is down in Orange County, which is like 30, 40 miles away. Yeah. And he and I called him the day before. I'm like, Were you picking me up, right? And he goes, yeah. And then when I landed, I'm like, where are you? He goes, oh, dude, you got to remind me. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I got to like remind him. The scorpion stung you, man. I go, dude, you just cost me 90 bucks. And then he did that bullshit that was like, well, what did you take? Like, they want to like investigate oh, yeah. like your bad choice. Yeah. My bad choice was asking you to pick me up. <laughs> Well, and I, I, I understand, and the audience listening might uh, realize this. I understand how hypocritical it is as a recovering alcoholic sure. who's made a lot of mistakes to be like, yeah. fucking giving people another chance. That's so stupid. Right. But I think at the end of the day, and this ties in nicely to what the whole theme of the podcast is. At the end of the day, I think people, you can tell, especially us because we're very empathetic. You can tell if someone is a good person who just happened to do some shitty things. Yes. Or if someone's just genuinely a shitty person. Right. And I, I think that's why I got so many other chances was because people were like, like we know Bre like Brennan's a good person. Right. right. It's just, you know, he gets drunk and does dumb shit. Yeah. And, and you also delivered sometimes. Yeah. That's and true. Then you, yeah. And then those times became more frequent. Yep. You know, and then I got sober, and everyone's like, "Thank God!" I, I used to. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I remember when I had a, a short stint of sobriety. I was I, I had begged this re like so. I worked for Outback forever, and uh -huh. I remember I moved. I moved, and there was an Outback, and I asked them to hire me, and they said, "Oh, we'll call your old store." And this is when I was drinking, and I had burned so many bridges. But at the time, I, I just was taking a break from drinking. Yeah, and I remember they brought me in for an interview and I was like, that's weird. I've worked for this company for like eight years yeah. and they brought me in for an interview. Cause they go, we talked to your old store. Right. And we heard about, they said, you're a great server. You're great with your tables, but you have a severe drinking problem. Right. And I, I remember I convinced them to hire me. And for the first like month <laughs> yeah. I was on it. You were Brennan. I, I, yeah. You were Brennan motherfucking test. And I remember I used to joke with people. I'd be like, this is Randy Moss going to the Patriots. Like yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. thought his career was done and he had gotten in too much trouble <laughs> and he could never come back. And then Boom, he could, an onion to yeah. your table. <laughs> there we go. Um, and I remember, and then I fell off the rails and everything yeah. went to shit. But I remember thinking like, you guys, by investing in me and being like, we'll give you a shot, best investment of your life. Right. I'm the best server right, here. Right, right, right. Like, right. by a mile. Which you were, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, and they were like, thank God we took a chance right, on right, this right, guy. Right, yeah. And then I burn it all to the ground. They go, oh, that's that's what they were talking about. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have, I think. Yeah. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us at The Power of How. And uh, rate and review us and subscribe to the podcast Absolutely. and like us and say nice things. Check us out on social media at The Power of How Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube channel. We'll put clips up, the whole deal. And that's it. Keep your head up.